Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that before we even see the battle coming, victory is already in Jesus. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if you're facing something today, I want you to believe the victory is already yours. If the enemy is coming like a flood, believe the Spirit of God is raising up a standard against him and the victory is already yours. No matter the heartache, no matter the headache, no matter the pain or the circumstance, know it's already working for your good and your favor because victory belongs to him. There is never a situation that is too big for him. Never a problem beyond his ability to fix. Nothing, nothing impossible for our God. So today, one more time, with your hands raised all over this room. Father, we thank you that the victory is in Jesus today. So we place our trust right now, our hope right now, our thanks right now. Victory belongs to you, say. Victory belongs to you. You know that thing that's been plaguing your mind? Speak to this. Victory belongs to Jesus. Come on now. That problem that's been insurmountable. Speak to it and say, victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to Jesus. The diagnosis, the poverty, the victory belongs to Jesus. Belongs to him. And my Bible tells me if I'm in Christ, if I'm in Christ, then I am seated with Christ in heavenly places today. And if the victory belongs to him and I'm in Christ, that means I have the victory as well. Somebody take a moment and thank God the victory is ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and thank him today. The victory is mine. I'm grateful for these young men and young women that all year long have put up with me. Come on now, you know it wasn't easy sometimes. They just want to get an A. I got it. (laughs) Truth be told, these are some of the the most righteous young people that I've ever been around. I got to be with them nearly every day this this past year, school year. I've seen some of their struggles. I've seen some of their heartaches. But I've seen them make a daily choice. Because the righteous falls seven times. But that man who's righteous picks himself back up again. And I watch these young people do this time and time again. You're looking at some godly young people that are going to truly set a standard for this generation to come. If you're thankful for what they put forward today, can we put our hands together one more time and just show them some love? Amen. Y'all can get out of here. Come on. Thank you. I love them. Just for a moment, if you'll just give me me like 10 minutes, I just want to speak something from my spirit today. We've got has for you in this place. So before you're seated, just grab hold of somebody and just let them know that victory belongs to Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. While you're standing, I'm going to do my best to get through this. In a short amount of time, because our chapel band is actually, as soon as service is done, we're jumping on a bus and heading to Chicago. Um, Yeah, man, because we were asked to participate for, I love the name of this church, South Park Baptist Church. is 84th. 
celebration. Couldn't forget that name when it was South Park. I was like, I got it. I would never forget that name ever. As you stand on your feet, John chapter 20. Now Thomas, who was also known as Didymus, or, or the twin, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Can I just encourage somebody today? Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. This is for us here. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Is that you here today? Jesus calls you blessed. You can be seated for just a few moments. You might remember a movie that came out a number of years ago called Black, Hat, uh, Black Hawk Down. Anyone seen the movie Black Hawk Down? It's about the battle of Mogadishu. And there's this scene in the film that always sticks out in my mind. Army Ranger Lieutenant Colonel Danny McKnight is trying to get a small convoy of Humvees back to the base. And as they are on the way back, they're just assaulted with heavy gunfire from the rooftops all around them. And at one point, an RPG goes off and hits one of the Humvees, and obviously the driver's killed. What ends up happening is Colonel McKnight pulls the dead body out of the driver's seat, and then he looks over to another soldier whose blood is dripping down his face, and Colonel McKnight barks this order, get in the truck and drive. And here's what the soldier says back to him. He says, but I'm shot, Colonel. And the colonel hollers back at him one of the most memorable things. I'll, I'll never forget this. Everybody's shot. Let's go. Can I just simply say here today, everybody's been wounded. Everybody's been harmed. Everybody's been hurt. This is the battlefield of life. Every one of us have taken fire at some point in light. Every one of us at some point have been lied to. Every one of us at some point have, have had people abandon us. Every one of us have felt betrayed at some point in this battle of, of life. Every one of us have, have ultimately felt like, I want to give up. I, I, I want to walk away from it. Here, here's, here's just simply my point today. I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I'm not trying to minimize what you've been through. I'm just simply trying to tell you this. You've got to get back in the truck and keep moving forward. I realize that sometimes it's the people we love the most that can hurt us the most. But that's when we got to decide. Everybody's shot. I got to keep going. I got to keep moving forward. Today you're probably dealing with some kind of major crisis in your family. Maybe something serious in your marriage, in your finances. Maybe you know what it's like to, to lose a child, to lose a parent. Somebody you were close to, somebody you love so deeply, and now they're gone. Maybe you know exactly what it's like to have your heart literally ripped out of your chest, and it seems irreparable. 
Here's what I want you to know today. Not all wounds are fatal. In fact, I believe ultimately any wound can be healed. But if we don't let it get healed, it will kill us. And here's the good news for you today. God has a title he goes by. Jehovah Rapha. It means the Lord, my healer, my restorer. This is what he does. This is who he is. And the good news is God is ready to heal your wounds today. But you must first let him. You have to let him. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 11. He said, come unto me, all who are weary, all who are, who are literally weighed down, heavy laden, burdened. He says this, I will give you rest. Can I help you just for a moment? You don't have to tell all of your struggles to Facebook. You don't have to put everybody on blast all over Instagram. Hello, somebody. You really don't. You can take everything to the only one who can do anything about what you're going through. Instead of throwing it out there for your followers, be a follower of Jesus and say, I bring you my pain. I bring you my shame. I bring you my hurt. I bring you my loss. I bring you my lack. I bring you what's hurting me. I bring it to you because you're the only one who can do anything about it. I give it to you bring it to you. I love what the scriptures say in Isaiah chapter 30. It says, the light of the moon will be as bright as the sun. The light of the sun will be seven times brighter. Check it out. Like the light of seven days. When? On the day that the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals their wounds. My son Zion was diagnosed with coartation of the aorta so at six weeks old they had to cut in through his back splice out the crumpled part of his aorta and sew it all back together on his back right by his shoulder his heart's fine and here's the thing about wounds they heal but they leave something behind they let me know there was pain there. There was loss there. I, I, I could have lost my life there. But there's a scar that shows this can be healed. This can be healed. See, Jesus appears to his disciples, and he had to keep appearing to them after his resurrection. And he was intentional about one thing. Let me show you my scars. Go ahead, see it. Touch it. Touch it. Why? Because there's no shame in my scars, Jesus let us know. There's no shame in what I went through for you. He's showing them his scars ultimately because he needs them to know this. Scars are the testimony of God's ability to heal even the most deadly of wounds. This is what God can do. Scars are those reminders to us, those who have them emotionally, psychologically who have them relationally. Scars are that reminder to us that at one time things were really bad, really painful, really hurtful, but through Christ I have overcome this pain. I have overcome this loss. The scar is just there to remind me the healing I've received. Here's what I know about scars. They don't form on the dying. A scar means I've survived and I'm still living. 
and I'm still breathing. And as long as there is breath in my body, I might as well just keep on walking this walk of faith until I hear well done. My good and faithful servants. What I'm trying to tell you is that God is the one who can take anything that is broken and he can bond it back together. God is the only one who can take anything that's been destroyed and he can be the one to restore it. God is the only one who can take what has been ripped apart and he can reconcile it. God is the only one who can take what has been left in ruins and begin to rebuild. It's who he is. It's what he does. So regardless today, family, of the shot that you've taken on the battlefield, can I encourage your heart with one thing? Keep moving forward. Keep taking ground. Keep getting back what the enemy has taken from you. Thomas, he was that one disciple, and really the only disciple that we see who remembered the whole story. He remembered all the hope that Jesus offered, but he also remembered all the hurts. He said, unless I can see the places he was wounded and touch those places, I will not believe. That means Thomas expected scars. He ex- if any man's going to show up and claim he's Jesus, he can't prove it. He can't prove it to me about what he's wearing. He can't prove it to me how he's talking. He can't prove it to me any other way than showing me where he was wounded. Only when I see his scars will I ultimately believe that this is the Jesus who went through something so awful for me. Could it be? that no one really knows us until we are brave enough to show them our scars. And could it be those are the only people who really love us because after they know what we've really been through and they still stick around, this is a person who's really got my back. Of all the things that might identify Jesus, it's the scars that his resurrected body still bears. And can I tell you today, It's in his scars that we can see our victory. I said it's in his scars that I can see and touch my victory. He was wounded for our transgressions. There's my victory. He was bruised for our iniquities. I can see my victory. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I see my victory. And with his stripes, we are healed. It's in his scars that I can see and touch and know. Thanks be unto God who always gives me the victory in Jesus Christ my Lord. Somebody who's found victory in his scars. Take a moment right now and give God the praise today. I can see it. I can touch it. My victory is in his scars. Last thing. Last thing I'll tell you. Scars really are that sign that that we can heal. Scars are the symbol of healing. I mean, think about it. In your physical anatomy, your body is designed to try and heal itself, to come back together and heal itself. That means really what scars are. It's that place. The scar is the place where the body decided, I can't stay wounded any longer. Can I tell you that Impact Church is a scar? Impact Church is a scar. We are a body 
that has decided we cannot see racism tear us apart any longer. We cannot see denominations tear us apart any longer. We cannot see the pains of your past, the shame of what you've done. Keep us separated from one another. You messed up? Fine, baby. Get back up and let the body help heal you and take you back to the place God called you. God didn't design you to remain wounded, defeated, discouraged, depressed all the days of your life. God designed for a body to come back together and be a place where anybody, no matter what they've done, no matter how they've been wounded, no matter how they've been treated, no matter how they've messed up, the church is the place where the body comes back together. And you can see tangibly we were hurt, but the body of Jesus Christ shows forth the scars that this is the only place where healing can happen. May there never be racism in the house of God again. It doesn't belong. It tears us apart. May there never be you self-righteous, pharisaic, whatever you want to call yourself, looking down your nose on someone else who screwed up royally. Instead, your shame and your condemnation is you acting just like the father of lies, the accuser, if you will, of the brethren. Your job is as the body to be the place where that wound can be healed. And I can say to my brother, it's time to get back up and the prayers of the righteous can restore you to even called to be. Last thing, last thing, last thing, last thing, I promise. Scars are a witness. They actually give me credibility. If I've never been through what you've been through, if I've never hurt the way you've hurt, you may not believe me when I say, I understand. But if I can show you the place. Yep, I've been there. Yep, I went through it. Yep, I've got credibility. I understand your brokenness. I understand your desire to give up. I understand the tears that you've cried. I understand this hurts, and it's hurt for a long time. I understand it. But greater than that, here's what I know. It's a little story. A little boy in Florida on a hot summer's day wanted to go swimming in the little pond that was behind his house. Running towards the pond, throws all his clothes off, jumps in the water. His mama's looking out of the window in her kitchen, and she sees as her son is swimming towards the middle of the pond, an alligator is coming towards her son. She is losing her mind as she is screaming and yelling, running to her son. Her boy sees the alligator and, and tries to hurry and swim back to the shore. As soon as mama grabs a hold of her son's arms, the gator grabs his legs. They are now caught in a tug of war. The gator's stronger, but mama's got more passion. And she is cleaving and grabbing hold of her boy and fighting with this alligator. The story goes on to say that basically somebody was driving by and heard her screams, grabbed his shotgun, and shot the gator. Killed it. Now the boy survived, but took weeks. The story goes on to say that the news reporters came and interviewed him in his room and they asked to see his legs, to see the scars from the alligator. And so he pulled up his pants and he showed them these great scars on his legs. But then they also noticed something on his arms and they said, what's that on your arms? 
And the boy said this, I have scars on my legs from the gator, but look at my arms. I have these scars on my arms because my mama wouldn't let go. I don't know who I'm speaking here today, but can others see the scars of your old life? Are you willing to let people see what God has done for you, what he's brought you from? I got it. We're ashamed. I got it. I wish we never would have done those things. But are we brave enough to say, hey, this is who I really was, and this is what God really did for me. His love and his forgiveness was greater than the sin that I engaged in. Can you show others your scars? I got an even better question. Are you willing to show them those scars where Jesus just wouldn't let you go? I've got these wounds where sin and Satan had a grip on my life, but something greater had a hold of me. And when I thought I was going to lose it all, when I thought I was going to give into the addiction, when I thought I was going to be overwhelmed with the depression, when I said I might as well just take my own life, there was a grip of grace that was greater on my life. And no matter how Satan and sin tried to pull me, the love of God wouldn't let me go. Do I have anybody that can take a few moments right now? your voice and praise the God that wouldn't let go of you. Satan thought he had you. Death thought it could take you. The suicidal thoughts were rampant, but God's grace wouldn't let you go. Give him a praise today for that grip of grace. Stand your feet with me. I'm done. Stand your feet with me. Stand your feet all over the room. Anybody been there where you tried to run from God, but that grip just wouldn't let you go? Come on. I've got the scars to prove it. Paul said it like this in Galatians chapter 6. He said, I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. I bear on my body and I bear in my body. It's actually King James said, in my body. The scars that show I belong to Jesus. Somebody here today, you can testify to this. People are doubting all around us. They don't believe in the God you believe in. They don't believe in the victory you've received through Jesus. They don't believe in the healing you've obtained through faith in Jesus. They don't believe in the hope that you have because of Christ. You know what's going to help them? When they see those places, those scars, where God reached out and grabbed you and wouldn't let go, and he healed you. Jacob quoted it earlier, and it is my testimony. I have the scars to prove I belong to Jesus. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and yet I live. And the life I live in the flesh, right now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you know what I'm talking about, and this is your testimony, just for a moment longer, can we just lift our hands all over this room today and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that grip of grace. Thank you. And on my body, I bear the marks that show I belong to you that show that you could not and would not let me go. 
no matter what I felt, no matter what I was thinking, no matter how much it hurts, when I was ready to quit, you would not let me go. We thank Him for this amazing grace today. This grace on top of grace today. All over this room, if you've been shot on the battlefield of life, I need to pray for you for a moment longer. If that's you, just raise your hands up high. I've taken, I've taken some hits, Pastor. I have. Raise your hands up there high, both hands, so I know who I'm praying for right now. Heavenly Father, all the, my God. The reality here is, Lord, that my brothers and sisters have been the target of many different attacks of the enemy. With their hands raised, I pray, God, that you will help them raise up the shield of faith. Faith, faith, faith to quench all the fiery darts of their enemy. Right now, God, I am speaking to those wounds. I am speaking to those emotional, psychological, relational, financial wounds. I'm speaking to the people who, uh, who abused you, who, who stole from you, who, who left you, who betrayed you. I'm speaking to these wounds right now and declaring today in the name of Jesus, it is your day to meet Jehovah Rapha. Thomas could not believe until he saw. Here's what I'm believing for you. You will see Jesus today. You will see his healing touch today. You will see his healing presence today. You will hear his word speak to you today and say, reach out and touch me, child. Reach out and feel me today. My healing is here. My hope is here. My joy is here. My love is here. Be healed today, child of God. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed today. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Be healed. I got it for some of us. It's been a long process. Some of us have been carrying things for years. Today I'm trying to encourage you to get back in the truck and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. We've got a destination we've got to get to. We've got things we've got to accomplish for the kingdom of God. You can cry about your wounds all you want to, or you can jump in the vehicle and keep moving forward. Know that we're going to get to our destination. And when we get there, whoo, my God, the stories we're going to have about look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Last thing, last thing before I get out of here. I felt the need the last couple of days to pray for the men in the room. Every man of God in this room here today, whether you are a, a husband, a father, a son, regardless of what your titles are, your position is, if you are a man in this room here today, the Spirit of the Lord wants me to speak to you right now. So every man that's, that's present in the room, you can just raise up one hand to heaven right now. Every man in the room. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I speak over the lives of the atoms in the room who many times acted and thought like the first Adam treated their wives like the first Adam looked at life like the first Adam fallen many times like the first Adam the first man we've been through it as men and the attack against us is very real it's by design 
But men, I speak over your minds right now. I speak over your hearts right now. I speak over your soul, your spirit, and your physical being right now. And I declare the first Adam has been removed. The first Adam is done away with. And I speak to that second Adam. Jesus, Jesus, the hope of glory inside of you. Stop reflecting the first Adam. And right now, man of God, rise up in this generation and be Jesus to your wife. Be Jesus to your children. Be Jesus to your family. Be Jesus in your school. Be Jesus in your university. Be Jesus in your neighborhood. Be Jesus on the job. Be Jesus when you're in the church. Let the spirit of the living God rise up on the inside of you and reflect the second Adam and everything you say, everything you do, how you represent yourself and where you're headed. Man of God, don't cower now. Don't back away now. Don't be a weakling now. Maybe you didn't have a physical father in front of you to represent properly, but your heavenly father is still seated on his throne. And he looked at you, son, and he says, this is my beloved, whom I'm well pleased. So men of God today, be encouraged, be empowered. Lead your families. Lead your neighborhoods. Lead your city. Lead the kingdom of God forward. If you're standing next to a man of God somewhere, if you just reach over and place your hand on your shoulder, especially if it's your husband, place a hand on his shoulder if you're near a man of God. And just for a moment, just want, I just want you to speak into his life. No quit. No quitting for us. No quitting for us. No backing down for us. No easing up for us. No, I'll get to it tomorrow. Not for us. No, no, no. I'll, just, I'll love my wife when she gives me things. Nope. Nope. Nope, I will love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We speak over these men right now, and we are believing their best days are not behind them. The greatest days are now. And they have so much to accomplish, so much to do. You've been called to lead, son of God. Don't back down now. Don't give up now. Rise up in faith. Stop doubting and believe. Come on, man of God. Stop doubting and believe. I'll say it again until I get a shout from a man in this house. Stop doubting and believe. 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 And all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Women, I won't leave you exempt. Last Sunday was for you anyway. This is the time. This is the day. This is the generation. This is the hour. The sons of God are going to be revealed all over the face of the earth. And men and women are going to see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.